Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four. Yes, you heard that right. Episode four. Each episode before this has the wrong episode number on it. So, yes, this is episode four, and we are talking to Emily Smith. Now, you may also know Emily Smith as MG, the real MG on Instagram. And I'm really excited to have this conversation today. So, thank you so much for making time to chat to me on The Confident Mama. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So excited. This is part of the launching episodes. I am really excited to get straight into it with the top question on my mind. And that is, what exactly does confidence mean to you, MG? What does confidence mean to me? It 100% means courage. Mm. Courage and confidence are the things that I feel are so intertwined that you can't have one without the other. In fact, you can't have confidence without courage, in my opinion. And a lot of the time we get tripped up on confidence, like I'm not confident, but if you can tap into, well, I've been courageous at some point in my life because everyone bar none, everyone has been courageous at some point, just being a mum is courageous. Mm. And so if you know that you can be courageous, then you know you can be confident. Oh, I love that answer. I actually love that answer so much. And there's so much truth in that. I share with my clients, I get them to go back to a time when they felt confident because we've all felt confident at one stage in our life, you know, putting on that beautiful dress and going to an event or whatever it may be. Um, So having courage to go with that confidence is 100%. Aside from business, because you do smash it in business and you're a great mum, I see so many things that you do with your beautiful kids online, um, which which really inspires me being a new mum myself. What makes you feel most confident as the woman that you are? What makes me feel most confident as the woman that I am? I think, mm-hmm. do you know what? I think that it comes from that inner knowing that you're always doing your best, you know, and when... I make mistakes. I remind myself that my mum made mistakes, that my teachers made mistakes, that everyone that came before me made mistakes. And so that reminder, it's that inner reminder. That's what makes me feel confident. I don't like to think of confidence as something that comes from an external event or an external, you know, piece of uh, feedback from someone like telling me that I'm amazing. It's it's the internal dialogue of me having that conversation with myself, even in moments of failure or moments of weakness or moments of self-doubt that actually I have this, I'm okay and I'm doing the best that I can. So it's an internal thing, I think. Yeah, that's really beautiful because we talked about this on the last episode with Donna as well. And I sort of clarified for, you know, any mamas listening that might not understand what we're talking about on that inner confidence side of things and and where it all starts because we can be in that place where everything's external. And and I was there, you know, 10 years ago, worrying about what everyone thought, even working as a stylist, still being worried about what other people thought about what I was wearing and how I showed up and how I came across. And it can be really debilitating. Was there ever a time in your life where you were in that sort of space? Or do you feel like you've always sort of been ahead of the curve when it comes to your confidence? 
I think from an external perspective, people looking at me have probably always thought that I'm always confident. Like I was that kid when we had speeches at school that I was like, well, the speeches and everyone's like, ah, hiding in the corner, like rocking backwards and forwards. And I was like, yay. And for a lot of people, they would have seen that I looked confident, but there has been a lot of times in my life where I have not felt confident at all. And I still actually have that, but I know it still comes down to the inner dialogue. I'd say probably a time where I felt the least confident in my life was when I first became a mum. And Mm. because I had no freaking idea what to do. I had never even held a newborn before I held my own. And I was, when I was pregnant with her, someone said to me, Hey, you know, like, do you want to hold my baby? And I was like, Nope. And she's like, but like, you're going to have a baby. And I'm going, I will break my baby. No one else's. And you know, I, I learned so much because I was open to going, what can I learn from my daughter as she's also learning from me? Like we learned the mother-daughter relationship together because I had no freaking idea what to do. But it was also a very challenging time because I didn't know myself and I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know how to put clothes on a baby. Like it was winter and I was trying to put on those onesies and her limbs were so like, they just wouldn't do what I thought they would do. And it was so hard, like changing nappies. What? You know, so many people have experience with that before having kids, but I didn't. So confidence can come from practice, but if you've got no practice in it, where Mm. do you find the confidence? You've just got to wing it. Yeah. And that's your courage, right? To keep going and not give up and find the ways Mm. and and navigating, navigating those steps. Can you actually just talk to me a little bit about this mother-daughter relationship because, you know, when we're first-time mums, it, it is that that you've got to figure out how it works. But now your girls are, you know, older, a lot older, oh, seven, five and seven, eight, seven, eight, ten, eight and five. Yeah, close. <laughs> eight and five. It's yeah. such a beautiful age to be in now. Can you rewind and just share a little bit about that journey of, of the importance of that mother-daughter relationship or you know, where you started as they start to grow. It's so interesting because now that they're eight and five, I can see the differences in the mother-daughter relationship based on where I was at mentally when they were both born because they're both girls. You know, we essentially think we treat our children all the same, but because when my second daughter was born, I struggled a lot because she wouldn't breastfeed and I resented her. I resented her for that. I didn't realize I resented her, but now she has got some issues. We've had to, you know, go to a psychologist with her. And it's it actually comes down to the mother-daughter relationship because I had that resentment. So now, you know, she has like this need for my attention more than my other daughter because my other daughter was easy to breastfeed. And that was just a really beautiful bonding time for us. And I did not realize at the time how much of an impact that would have down the line, you know, and we've obviously gone through the process of kind of healing that mother daughter uh, relationship, but also my, my eldest, she had me in that time where I'm like, I'm learning all these things. This is new. We're learning together. Whereas my younger daughter had me like, I know what I'm doing. Why can't you do the thing? You know? And even though that was all very subconscious, I didn't realize that was kind of what I was projecting at the time. It's fascinating now to see how that plays out. And, and know that it's not my fault, but I can, 
I can take responsibility. And I believe as the mother, we we need to be the one to take responsibility for navigating and, and healing that relationship because there will be some shit that comes up in every relationship. But when you're the adult, you know, and with your your child or your daughter, it's like, how do we navigate this together? But I need to lead it because they're little people. They can't lead that yet. Yeah, absolutely. And when did you start to to see, you know, her neediness with you, so to speak? Did that Was that there when she was a baby because of you couldn't breastfeed or did that come out more when she was like a toddler? It came out when she was a toddler. So she wouldn't mm. sleep in a room um, on her own. And we've always had really strong boundaries around sleep because I'm not a good sleeper. And then if I don't sleep well, I'm not a nice person. <laughs> so therefore we've had strong boundaries around that. But that was challenging. She would refuse to go to the toilet for a long time to the point that it was actually causing her health problems. So that was kind of how we ended up doing it because we went to, we were seeing the doctor, we were going to the constipation clinic and they were like, this is psychological. This is, this is, there's nothing physically wrong. There's something psychological. She wants to control. She wants to have your attention. And that's when we went and saw a psychologist and it was like, oh yeah, like I've, I have, and I'd labeled her as well as the naughty kid in our family. Like mm-hmm. I had been like, oh, you know, th- this child, she's amazing. And this child, like, oh my God, like, you know, and you see it in reels and memes all the time, like Absolutely. Child syndrome, you know, and so I wasn't mean to her about it and I never really said anything to her about it. It would be like with your mum friends. Mm. But then I realised I have put her in a box and I'm expecting her to be difficult, therefore she will be difficult. Yeah. So stop putting her in that damn box. (laughs) Yeah, and it takes a lot of unlearning and relearning to then figure out how we want to go forward, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so now the the box for want of a better word that I put her in is that she's she is assertive and she's going to go really far in life because like she is a master manipulator to get what she wants and I'm like great but how can we look at that as something really positive for her and see that she's actually going to be really successful because she can push the boundaries effectively and get what she wants yeah absolutely almost playing on those strengths and how can what how can I parent to embrace that strength yeah what a learning curve though because it's not I mean as as mums we always like to, to wish the best for our children they're going to be healthy they're going to be happy everything's going to be fine but also we, we need to work on having that openness that if something goes wrong that we do have the confidence to be able to move through it and and find the answers as well what what are a few things that that help you be your best confident self? Um, do you have some touch points that you do on a daily basis or some things, you know, for me it's been like I'll put on a bit of makeup um, usually and I always get dressed for the day because I feel so much better when I do that. And obviously being a stylist, it actually feels, feels my human need of variety, being able to get into my wardrobe even in that 10 minutes in the morning. So what is it for you that that helps you be that best confident self? The number one thing for me is exercise because I find that, well, first of all, I feel better in my body when I know that it's moving well um, and that it's healthy, like that healthy, vibrant feeling just makes me feel more confident in general, but also it gets the endorphins going, you know, you get all of the the happy hormones from Mm. exercise. So that is my number one. And it, it has been my entire adult life 
it was one of the reasons why I struggled after having kids because it's impacted my ability to exercise. You know, the six weeks after you can't really do a lot of exercise and Mm. the, you know, recovery, like I had a couple of traumas in birth that meant that, you know, even now I literally saw a pelvic floor physio yesterday, you know, and it's been Mm. five, five and a half years since I gave birth. So that has had an impact. But that is definitely my number one. And I do find, and I'm glad you mentioned this because it's not something that I realized when my eldest was born, the importance of getting dressed in the day Mm. and yeah, putting on a bit, even just like a BB cream and some mascara. Yeah. Because I thought I don't need to, like, it was like that should, like I I shouldn't need to do that to feel good about myself. But then as soon as I started doing it and not wearing my active wear every day, I mean, it was good to wear active wear majority of the time with a baby, but not wearing it every single day meant that like, I just was like, oh, I can be my, my old self again. You know, like I'm not Mm -hmm. just this frumpy mum in her active wear with no makeup on. Like I, I'm more than that. And it's kind of like that. What you're telling yourself is I'm more than just, Mm -hmm. you know, getting up and rolling out of bed. I give myself the time to look after myself and yeah, that helps a lot. And I literally don't go a day now without wearing makeup, but I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Like I don't wear a heap of makeup. I wear quite minimal makeup, but I literally I'll go to a facial. I'll be wearing makeup when I get there because I'm like, I'm going out. I'm going to put on some makeup and I'm not going to feel guilty about it because it makes me feel fucking fabulous. Excuse me if I'm not allowed to swear no. <laughs> when I walk out the door. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Yeah. And and but it's that's the important part. I feel you know, how I've, what I've noticed with women is, is when that self-worth is low, you know, they're not making those small steps to set themselves up for success, to be confident in their environment at home. And I think Mm. it's those small things that really help you get them back on track to do the inner work of your confidence, be able to trust yourself, but also to be able to have some things that you might put on or do that it helps you get into that state of being confident and getting out of the house because you know it's common you you know women feel air quotes lost and in motherhood and you know having that that getting that old self back air quotes again um Mm. you know by doing those things we can just feel that for a moment that we're not just a mum and yeah I think I think a lot of women will be able to relate to that as well there's a really good quote in uh, the book, We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. Now, this has got nothing to do with motherhood, but it's relative to this piece of the conversation. And she suggests that when you purchase something for yourself, you purchase something that makes you feel like a million bucks because then you show up like you're worth a million bucks. And mm-hmm. that for me has been a game changer when I go shopping for things. I'm like, okay, so I need a, a plain black singlet, Right. Do I go and get the the one from Kmart that I'm going to need to like replace, you know, in six months time? Or actually Target has some really good stuff. I'm sure like mm-hmm. some of the quality in Target's really good. I was going to use Target as an example, but no, maybe not because they actually have really good quality things. <laughs> but do you go and get the more quality thing that makes you feel like a million bucks so that you can embody that and just know that w- simply by putting clothes on, you feel good. Like yeah. we have to put clothes on every day. So yeah. why don't, I mean, assuming you don't live in a nudist colony, but <laughs> <laughs> why not put on things that make you feel amazing? Yeah. And, and like, that's one step that I, that I share 
with whoever I work with is is just being able to put on something different that makes you feel good. And a lot of the time there's 80% of the wardrobe that we're just not wearing. Okay, well, let's put some stuff mm-hmm. in there that you actually want to wear and feel good in. And, I mean, obviously that changes over time. I, I've, I've shared this a few times on the podcast, but, you know, I don't believe that we ever are lost in this journey in life and particularly in motherhood because it's just a new challenge. We're evolving and it's a new pathway that we're creating. And it's like, hang on, let's just take a breath and go easy on ourselves and put one brick at a time and figure out where this is going. Whereas we get so stuck about what's happening down the track that if we just come back to ourselves, you know, we can really start to discover that and be excited about it rather than being so um, finding it so daunting in that as well. But on that note of getting dressed every day and, you know, having a sense of style, how has that evolved for you over the years since being a mum? Oh my gosh, it's evolved so much. So I just had a photo shoot on the weekend and I have a photo shoot probably every like four months, three times a year I aim for. And you've got to answer like the question, like what style are you going for, for the photographer? And I, I'm a manifesting generator by human design. I also Mm. have ADHD and I get bored. And so my style evolves like as quickly as my underwear changes, (laughs) which means my wardrobe is full of so many random pieces that just don't always go together. But like, I have the grunge style that I like. I have the active wear style that I like. I would say probably the one style that I don't like is the all black style. Mm-hmm. I would ne- I don't think you'll ever find me wearing all black. It's kind of like, you know, there's there's colors, but how it's evolved is more that I'm more me now and I just let myself be whatever I am in that day. I'm like I feel like wearing my dream big t-shirt today because I feel like I'm dreaming big today and it like it I like the how the white um, makes my skin look tanned today. And yesterday it was completely different, right? Like I I think I'm more accepting now of the, the massive waves that I have in my changing style and being like I don't have to fit into one particular style. Mm. And, and I love okay that. With that. I really love that though because I truly believe in exactly that, what to wear what we're inspired to on any given day. And sometimes our wardrobe just doesn't have those things in there. Like I can't imagine that you have this such excited and intuitive and colourful style like you did when you first gave birth. You know, a lot. No, it was all active wear. Mm. It was all active wear. But I also was a PT. So I was kind of like, that was my identity. Whereas yeah. now I get to I get to choose my identity. Like my wardrobe is actually in my office because there's no way that my wardrobe was um, going to fit in our wardrobe. I have so much. But like literally right now what I can see is fur, sparkles, tinsel, denim, <laughs> like everything. And, and what I meant to say before as well is this is a great outlet of creativity, right? Like I want my clients to have fun with it. I recommend to anybody to go shopping without a credit card, without your phone and just have a play in the shops. Like we have so much at our fingertips. And when you're stuck, it's a great thing to do because you allow your mind to go, okay, what am I inspired by? What looks, what, mm. what color looks good? What style looks good? How can I try this on? Does it work for me or does it not? And yeah. it's just a simple childish but fun childlike experience rather than being so hard on ourselves and going there with a mission to find something that fits perfectly and makes us feel confident instantly like sorry ladies that doesn't exist so 
being able to play with it more, you'll be able to discover what that looks like for you. And yes, M did wear like this tinsel jacket that I saw. I think that was made. I don't even know where I saw it. It was somewhere on social media. And I was like, yeah, it was on social. Fucking nailed it. Well, I mean, I was impressed by that. I didn't, I just got roped into like this Christmas in July night that a couple of people pulled out from. And they were like, by the way, we're wearing tinsel jackets. And I was like, that is so cool. (laughs) They just went and bought jackets from the op shop and then glue gunned tinsel all over them. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. And like, that's where my inspiration actually started was going to op shops and then taking those items and then sewing them, taking them apart, adding things on to make it my own. And and that's really where my love of of style came into to my passion today, having my business helping other women do that. That's so but cool. let's let's talk about how this sort of comes into peace with your business. So there's a lot of different things that you do in your business. And how how have you found that? Because you've been in business multiple years doing different things. How have you found the journey, as you shared about your daughter before, your youngest, how have you found the struggle with being able to get back into work after having babies and then, of course, stay in flow and creativity and be able to kill it in both areas? Yeah, it's uh, probably my life's biggest challenge, to be Mm -hmm. honest. I started my first business after my first child was born. So I don't know any other way of doing business, but to also be a mum at the same time. So it was when she was a newborn and I had maternity leave from the Department of Education, which is brilliant. You know, I had great maternity leave and I saw that as an opportunity to be like, okay, I've got a baby. She sleeps a lot. I was fortunate. She did sleep a lot. And I know that doesn't happen with every baby. And I thought, what can I do? And my love of exercise led me to opening my own small PT gym. But I think it's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in that process is just to surrender to the seasons of business and motherhood, because there's no one hard and fast rule at any point It's like, what's going on right now? What does my business need? What does my family need? And how do I navigate that? And sometimes, quite frankly, I've not navigated it well. You know, I've had probably two to three times since becoming a mum and running a business where I've had really bad negative health, mental health, like, my mental health has been at the point where I'm not sleeping, where I'm not eating. Where There's been at least two of those times where I've almost had to give up everything because I need to focus on my mental health. And each of those times have obviously brought really significant lessons with them. I don't see that happening again because I've learned that I really need to surrender to those seasons and be like, what's the worst that can happen if I just don't take on that extra client? What's the worst that can happen If I just say, actually, I'm not available until 9.30 a.m., what's the worst that can happen? And the worst that can happen is I don't make as much money, but the best that can happen is that I don't burn myself out and therefore not be able to make money and therefore not be able to spend time with my family or not be connected to them. Yeah. One of the coolest things of this season has been my eight-year-old giving her permission to tell me to get off my phone. And like I noticed 
about a year ago that she would say to me, mum, you're on your phone. And I would be like, I'm working. And I realized actually, no, that's not the dialogue that I want Mm. my kids to grow up with is me being on my phone all the time because I'm working. I've got work hours. They don't need to be when they're at home. So, I mean, I still go on my phone when they're around, but if she wants my attention and she says to me, mum, you're on your phone, you're working. It's like that moment of, oh, that's right. I'm not working right now because it's so easy to get sucked in. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you just shared that because I'm in this space at the moment. And there's a few things I love in that, the surrender to the seasons as well. Mm -hmm. But where I'm at is like my different hats and what hat I've got on at what time. And I think it Mm -hmm. exactly plays into that. Sometimes we just forget at the moment or like if your kids are older they're sort of doing their own thing anyway but you might be around them and then you know she's like you're on the on the phone whereas now Brooklyn's one and I'll be on my phone and she might be watching a show on TV she gets TV certain amount of TV time per day and if I'm just on my phone I look at that as you know I can be but she's looking Mm -hmm. at me instead of the TV and I'm like oh no 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 I don't I don't want that I don't want her to be reaching for the phone then all the time and it's just a really Mm -hmm. conscious thing to be aware of right and and having when when my business being really clear with the boundaries around when you're wearing what hat yeah and even just knowing that it's okay to reset those boundaries like our devices have been designed to suck us in you know and we are when we're trying to use our willpower against a team of the most intelligent engineers to suck in your attention in the world like that's what those apps are designed to do so it's okay when you have a lapse and just go all right I'm going to reset those boundaries now instead of beating yourself up like I shouldn't be doing this and I should be doing that it's like no this team of engineers is fucking with my head right now and I'm just gonna go I'm resetting it's okay they'll fuck with my head again in a month and I'll reset again yeah. It's almost great I've to have a little help times now. Yeah, so that's <laughs> fine. It's um I'm as mums that are listening to this podcast, I'm sure they swear multiple times in a day as well, so yeah. that's that's all fine. <laughs> um I just lost my train of thought then what I was going. Oh, that's what I was just going to say. So great having a little helper though to be like, "Ah, mom, you're on your mm-hmm. phone." Also could probably get you could get annoyed by that at times, but the way that you've set it up and obviously had those conversations with your kids, that it's almost, um, yeah, like a little reminder by your side, little living reminder. I know I have to, like, I need to regulate my emotions. I can't expect her to be the one that's, you know, regulating my emotions. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I've given her the permission. So we've had a conversation about it. And like, for example, tonight we've got um, early school finish. Oh, does my head in. So it finishes at 2.30. Not a full work day. It's not enough time. And my husband is out for the night. Like he's not going to be back till after they're in bed. And so I know when the kids come home, I'm going to have to say to them, mommy still needs to do an hour of work. And it's just that communication. I need to do one more hour of work. After that, we're going to pop up the tent and we're going to have like a little camp in night. And, you know, like it's going to be fun. But for an hour, I'm working. And it's so they, they know I'm not just kind of sitting there half working, half with them, whatever. And then once that hour is up, I'm out and I know they can tell the time now. So they will be like, mum, <laughs> the hour is up. I had my daughter yesterday and she, was, she wasn't sitting morning off anyway. I said, I've got a client call. She came in and she goes, how much time have you got left? And I said, 45 minutes. She literally came in 45 minutes later and was like, been 45 minutes mum 
Is it? Yeah, completely onto it. Completely onto it yep. now. Yeah, timekeeper. I really, I really admire and um, those conversations that you do have. I think they're really important. Like, I, I, my child doesn't talk to me yet, um, but I do believe but that they're will. really, <laughs> they're really important to have. Just being open. Like I, same as you, love transparency and those conversations to our little ones are, are everything. Are the catalyst for how those relationships go in the future and how open they feel as well. So I really, really do love that. But yeah, that as you said, you know, that's been the biggest challenge being a mum in business is is that juggle. Um and, and I don't believe there I do believe it's a juggle. I don't believe there is any perfect balance because no, no one area is perfect at any time and I don't even believe in perfection. So it it's mm. you know, it's all just how we juggle and wear those hats at different times. In you know, showing up on social media, running a business, having those boundaries with social media as well. I mean, as you've evolved, you've obviously changed the way that you show up. But how how do you think it's changed since they've been little and now that they're like medium humans? <laughs> yeah, medium. I love that, medium-sized. I think it's more that I can now see how what I do, they mimic in their everyday and so it's more obvious to me. I can see that like if I'm on a screen or I'm working, then they think that that's what they need to do. Like their their pretend play is like mummy sitting in their office with a pretend laptop type thing. And I and it's it's like a mirror in your face all the damn time, which is scary but also really powerful because you can go, "Oh, well if that's what they're doing, it's clearly what I'm doing, and is that what I want?" So it's just, I think that's how it's changed. Whereas when they're little, it's, you can't see that yet. And now it's just more like in your face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Great opportunity for, for more growth, right? More, more learning, more growth. Yeah. Best personal development ever having children. Mm. Yeah. Biggest lesson in life. Mm. Um, It's, you know, like you said, you haven't always sort of been this this confident. Obviously, the the last eight years has taught you a lot. Having having your babies and growing businesses in that time, changing businesses in and out. Apart from surrendering to the seasons, what would be your biggest tip for for a mum? For any tip, whether it's a mum in business or a mum just really struggling at the moment. I would say that my biggest tip is to always seek support. And always ask for help, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, whether you have a business, whether you don't, whether you're a stay-at-home mum full-time, whether you've got FIFO, husband or no husband, you're a single mum, like we all need support. Don't ever think that you actually have to do everything yourself. And that doesn't mean that you need to get a cleaner and, and fork out the money for it. It's like find people in your community to support you. We lived for so long, uh, just until this year, we lived away from family. So we never had any family support. So we had to build community and be like, okay, I'll help you if you help me. Like you have the kids, I have the kids. Build those communities amongst you even if you do have family you know like there's so much support out there that if we don't tap into it we will burn out and you know what I do believe that a community raises a child so Mm. I actually think it's important for the kids too not just for us yeah yeah and it's it's common not to have the support I mean my parents are older I'm lucky that I do have mum to help out here and there and same with my partner's mum but 
I mean, if you want to get back to your business like I am or you want to start something new, it's not actually a lot of time. So it's that's mm. a great tip. I mean, we recently just found a little toddler gym at our community centre, which is like $8 to go for the to, for 45 minutes. And it's a great way to plug in with other mums that, you know, maybe outside of the groups that you already know. Um, so mm. that's just another one for anyone if, they're, if any mums are f- finding it hard to get out of isolation, um, getting into the community. Great, great tip. But to wrap up the podcast, thank you so much for for coming on and being a guest. Can you just tell us a little bit about exactly what it is that you do at the moment? And if you've got an offer, please share it with us or, or just another way that anyone can plug in. Okay. So I'm a marketing and mindset coach for women in business. And the ways you can work with me now, it's actually reduced. I work one-to-one with clients, but also in the biz revolution, which is what you're a part of. And The doors are closed at the moment, but they'll open in September. And basically that's just a plethora of resources and an incredible community so that you can start, grow or scale your business. There's such a huge variety of businesses in there and different points of business. And I just think, honestly, the biggest thing from that is the community. Everyone is so helpful and so knowledgeable and open to offering expertise and it's just an incredible space to be in so you can share my instagram maybe in the in the show notes and then people can just connect with me there also love a chat in the dms so i'm here to here to chat and i'm very i'm very much a real talker so if you have things that you know you want to talk about that are just real mum biz life conversations i'm there for that as well Yes, that is one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you as part of these launching episodes which is which I'm just really grateful for. You've heard from, you know, so many three amazing women in business, mamas, and I've really wanted to be able to showcase the incredible people that they are. Um, Hence why the business parts comes last on my podcast, because that's just another arm of who they are. And I wanted you to get to see the real MG um, in this podcast today. So thank you so much for joining me. And thanks for everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really stoked that you asked me to be a part of this. So I appreciate it. Thanks, Em. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We will see you for another episode soon. Bye.